I intentionally decided to try oil painting and go through the mess. And and the mess never ends. Life's messy. It starts out simple and then it gets so messy. And it's almost like I let the mess be over the top and then I pull it all together in the end. And it's about having faith getting through the messy, that ugly, messy middle when it's all reckless and you just aren't even sure it's going to turn out. And then when you come to the other side, it's like, yeah, you just have to be patient, believe in yourself and get through it. Hello. If you're just joining us, a very warm welcome to you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. I'm glad you're here too. I often say humanity is glitching because we have become disconnected from creativity, which I describe as the intelligence and energy animating the entire universe. Everything from the chair you're sitting on to the poem that wants to come out of your pen all exists because of creativity. The problem is, the reason we're glitching, is that most of us have inherited a bunch of really toxic limiting beliefs about creativity. What it is, who has it in them, what it has to look like, sound like, feel like. You may have knowingly or unknowingly self-selected out of a creatively led life because of these beliefs, only to find creativity pursues you one way or another until you come back to it because that's just what it does. This podcast is for you if you yearn to reconnect with this powerful force inside of yourself. If you've always secretly or maybe not so secretly known that there is something magical inside of you that has been trying to get your attention and be brought to life ever since you were born. We are your people. You've found us. We are a beautiful group of humans dotted all over the world who feel similar stirrings and challenges and who are compelled just like you, even though sometimes it's difficult or frustrating or even downright terrifying, to reconnecting and activating with this magical force inside of us to experience all the joy and flow, connection, wisdom, and inspiration creativity has to offer us. And on that note, if you're looking to nurture actual connections with people from this community, please head over to Facebook and join the Creative Genius Family. It's a beautiful community of people who feel the same way about creativity that you do. And we're waiting for you. Our guest today, Kim Smith, is an incredible fine artist. I first found out about her work scrolling Instagram for inspiration for colorful floral paintings. Her feed stopped me in my tracks. Back in February, one of her pieces in particular spoke to me and wouldn't stop speaking to me. I reached out to Kim and before long, that very piece was winging its way here from where she lives and paints in East Petersburg, Pennsylvania. One of her superpowers, though she would be shy to admit this, I think, is her capacity to be comfortable in the messy, uncertain stages of a painting before it all comes together which I think is a perfect metaphor for life. Avoiding the messy unknown or messes in general is a big part of how we are conditioned in our current culture. Many of us were taught that messes, pain, uncertainty, are bad or wrong and should be avoided at all costs. Except we all instinctively know, no mud, no lotus. The good news is that because these are just beliefs, we can change them. Later in the show, I'm going to give you an activity and a contemplation you can do between now and our next episode that may help you begin to feel a little bit more comfortable in the messy unknown, both inside and out of your creative practice. Oh, and there's a juicy discount from Kim for one of her oil painting courses. So make sure you're signed up for the Creative Genius newsletter to access that magic. You can do that over at katesheppardcreative.com. I share with you today a message from a brand new listener who wrote in, Her name is Jackie, and she wrote, really, really, really love this. I can't believe I've just now found your podcast. Now binge listening while I work on my new art space. Love your content and how you are bringing creatives together. I hear so many things that resonate with me. My new favorite podcast, much love. 
Jackie, welcome to the Creative Genius family. I'm so glad you're here. It is a joy for me to know that creating this podcast is reaching you out in the world, and I love hearing about it. If you haven't left a review for the show or want to send me a message like that, the very best place to do that is in Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review and subscribe to the show. It actually really helps us with the algorithm, I'm told, which ultimately will let this medicine that's in this show reach more ears and more hearts. I wanted to let you know uh, a couple of weeks ago, as part of the Creative Genius Patreon, which is an amazing behind-the-scenes world that goes on here at Creative Genius, I put together a watercolor intuition workshop. So it's about 45, 50 minutes of talking to paint and using watercolors as a way in. You know, often we need to find a way into our intuition or a way into our creative muse. And this 45-minute intuition workshop is just that. It's beautiful, and I'm really proud of it. There's a whole other world of this podcast that exists inside of the Creative Genius Patreon membership. Juicy bonus episodes where I share personal insights, intimate, vulnerable moments. I offer journal worksheets and painting workshops and guided meditations, new things every other week that are all intended to support and spark your own creativity. Everything that's already been created is in the Creative Genius Patreon library and will instantly become available to you when you activate your membership. It's only $5 Canadian a month, which is about $3.50 US. I've made it so affordable so that it can be accessible to as many people as possible because it really does contain juicy, good stuff. But also because I need your support in order to keep creating this show. So if you love the show, please sign up. I can't do it without you. And I really, 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 really want to keep doing it. Kim and I talked today about quite a few things today that I think are going to really speak to your heart. She talks about how she learned how to become comfortable in the messy, unknown places of her art practice and how actually when you get used to being in that unknown, messy place, you come to love them because essentially they are the fertile ground where all of the magic sprouts from. She shares her trusty four-part formula that I don't think she even knew was a four-part formula. (laughs) She, she sort of instinctively just does these things, but I think we can apply them to our own lives as a four-part formula for a happy, flowy, creative practice where you can trust the process and really surrender to the magic of creating. Have a listen to my conversation with Kim Smith. Thank you for joining us, Kim. It's really great to meet you in person. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this, Kate. I know what you do, but I was wondering... If you were at a dinner party with a bunch of new friends, how would you explain? I am an artist. I'm not quite a full-time artist. I still have a graphic design business with a few clients. So that takes some of my focus. But little by little, I've been building up painting. Because uh, when I started out in graphic design years ago, everything was hand done. I sat at a drawing table and I drew everything. I would do illustrations, marker comps, like everything was by hand. And little by little, as everything was digitized and on the computer, I really missed making things with my hands. But during that time, I was raising three children and had a business and life was super busy. So I waited until my third child was about 10 years old. So I think it's about 10 years ago, I started to get up early in the morning before work every day and paint. And now it's something I can't imagine my life without. It's so fun. Like it's just, it's a habit that that I get up in the morning and I brush my teeth, make my coffee, and I'm in the studio within minutes of waking up. I read that you do that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about today was what are the rituals and, and things that you do that you feel like kind of are the most influential and, and nourishing for your creative practice. And when I read that you, that you do that, you get up, is that every morning you get up before the sun comes up? Yeah, well, no, not anymore. As my husband always says, <laughs> I still use that as my claim to fame, but life has gotten slightly easier. My third child, yeah. Isabel, is in college now. And I would say I get up between six and seven now, but I used to get up at five, five thirty in the morning because I would start my work day by eight. Now I still do, but I'm working from home. When COVID happened, we all from the office, we all went home and we decided we were, we worked just as well at home. So we closed the office. So now my commute to work is, is, um, you know, two seconds. So I can go from painting to being at my computer and working within minutes. So I can get up so a little amazing. bit later. But it, I do love the silver linings. We did get some silver yeah, linings. Yeah, there were a few. Yes. Yeah. What is your 
first memory, like when you, thinking back to when you yourself were a kid, what is your first memory of really loving creativity, of really kind of knowing that there's this thing that you can tap into and be a part of? I think one of my favorite memories of being a kid would be being in elementary school and hearing the art cart coming down the hallway because I've always loved art and we didn't have like a classroom. So the art teacher just had a cart full of fun and you'd hear her coming down the hall and I'm like, art, it's time for art. I should have gone to an art school probably. I've always loved anything art. When I was little, I would use my crayons to make floor plans. I would lay them all out color coordinated as floor plans. I used to get my dad was a wallpaper hanger and he'd bring home old wallpaper books and I would make Barbie doll clothing out of them. I just loved doing anything creative. I would sew and knit and crochet and I always thought when I grew up, maybe if I got to be an art, that meant that I would make cross-stitch patterns, which sounds like fun to me, but I never did find it as a career path. So what happened? Because so I've talked to, I mean, I've been talking to artists my whole life. And so often I hear that there's this love affair that starts when we're very small, like the smell of crayons and really, really, really Play-Doh even, like just really, really small. And it's a love and it's a freedom and it's a, it's a joy. And then there's this sort of journey away from it for a time and then a journey back to it that often coincides with some sort of fairly dramatic set of circumstances in our lives. Yeah. You know, some your house will burn down to get your attention and now you've got, okay, right, I should be painting. Yes, I need to get back to that because it is, it's the best feeling. And, you know, I journeyed away mostly for practical reasons. I didn't even give one moment's consideration to being an artist. I went to school for graphic design, which I thought was pretty darn close to being an artist, but I missed that hands-on making of things. And when I was, I went to a great college that had a wonderful graphic design program, but also a fine art program. And I never took one oil painting class and boy, do I regret that. But, you know, I wanted to do everything. I did printmaking and weaving. I, I would love to go back to school and just learn all of it that I so what was your journey back to the painting that you're doing now? I really missed making art. I started going with one of my business partners. We did an oil painting class. It was in Philadelphia. I'd drive there on Friday afternoons and this gentleman would take us to these beautiful places to do plein air oil painting. Well, I'd never oil painted and I wanted to try it because I wanted to loosen up my style. Like I can paint super realistically, but I wanted to paint with those big juicy brush strokes and, you know, make the big mess. And I I just love that. It was, it was, it was, I made a lot of messes until I got to the end of it. But I always tell the story that we went to one of these um, plein air painting things and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even have a plein air easel. I just bought paints. And I sat down on the ground and I kind of stippled this whole purple and green fun thing. And we had a, a new Volkswagen Jetta and I put it in the trunk to drive home. And it's when my kids were younger. And I didn't realize my son's basketball was in the trunk and it rolled all around and it's brand new car. I had green and purple paint. That's just me. I make a mess wherever I go without even trying. The reason I started this podcast is that I, I maintain that humanity is glitching because we've become disconnected from creativity and that if we can learn how to activate it and reconnect with it and begin to trust it again, all of the problems that we have out there in the world will spontaneously begin to resolve on their own mm -hmm. when we're tapped into this intelligence. And I feel like one of the ways that we reject creativity is the mess. We're very scared of making mistakes or making a mess or being dirty or... Yeah, and it's all those so things. It is all, and it is all those things. It's unpredictable. It's, yeah. So did you have, was there sort of like a a path that you had to go down to become more comfortable with your own mess making or was that, did that come easy to you? Um, well, I think I am just messy. <laughs> I mess all the time. I fall like, I'm just clumsy like that, but... Um, I think oil painting, I intentionally decided to try oil painting and go through the mess. And, and the mess never ends. Life's messy. It starts out simple and then it gets so messy. And it's almost like I let the mess be over the top and then I pull it all together in the end. And it's about having faith getting through the messy, that ugly, messy middle when it's all reckless and you just aren't even sure it's going to turn out. 
And then when you come to the other side, it's like, you, know, you just have to be patient, believe in yourself and get through it. How did you teach yourself how to do that? I feel like that's, I mean, I get it and I, I want to be able to do that too, but I have a really hard time in that middle place. I was just talking to a friend about it today because my, I did a live oil painting thing this morning and it was pretty ugly in the middle. And I think it really is just doing it every day. I paint every day. It's just that practice. And, and after a while, if you have more the turnout than don't, then it tips the scale that you believe that it will. And, and now I very rarely don't. I'm not, I'm unhappy with how things turn out. So I have that faith. I think that that's something that a lot of people listening to this are going, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to walk there. myself through that. I want to get, I want to have that faith. And I'm wondering if there was, is there sort of a, a, a practice or a ritual? I mean, you're saying the everyday, and I think that that's really important, but is there a specific thing we can focus on to allow ourselves to go through that uncertainty? Well, just note it's coming. It's going to happen accept it and work your way through it and keep practicing working through it. I think that's what it is. Because even today, my friend said to me, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't even know how that was going to turn out. So many people have said that to me. And it's like, I know, but it does. Like I, now I believe that it will. So is that, it, it feels like that's connected to intuition somehow, which is, brings me to something I want to talk to you about, intuition and, and its relationship to creativity. And actually, maybe you could just talk about your relationship to intuition. It's having the faith of getting through it. It is totally trusting your intuition. And I truly think there's a little bit of magic mixed in too. It's how it all works. But yeah, you have to listen to your intuition. And and it's funny how sometimes you can not listen when it's screaming at you. But it's I find that I listen better when when I'm painting, I'm in that zone where I'm not I'm not um the noise is gone, so you can hear it. Where it's kind of like mowing the yard or doing something that where you're where you're in that space. Whereas normally, when I'm working, I'm thinking about way too many things. There's like a million things happening, and you can't even hear your intuition. But I think if you quiet and center yourself and land in that space, it, you hear it. Does that make sense? Is there something? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm just wondering, like mechanically. Or like for the person who's very, who needs instructions. So, okay, so I'm going to go to my studio and I want to clear out the noise. How do I do that? What happens? Like, is there, is there something you do? Are you, do you deep I think breathing? Just or finding you... your happy place. You just have to keep getting rid of that voice that makes you doubt right. and keep practicing. And it could be sometimes it's like if I feel, what do they, they say you have to be busy when inspiration lands, you know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. have to be active. You can't be not at your desk when it, when all of a sudden it lands on you. So just be doing it. And if, if you dive into your day and you find that you don't feel creative or it's not happening for you, then do something different, but do something creative, like move over and like gesso panels or do clean up your studio or mix some paint up or just get out your pencils and acrylics and make a mess like just be creative with no take do some things that have no pressure right and showing up I mean I'm hearing that so so loud and clear is so much of it is about being there when the moment happens and showing up and yeah and then and then um yeah it really is it's it's showing up and and once you keep doing it then it becomes a habit and it's just like any habit that you want I mean I wish I'd be that good at dieting but I'm not well, can't have everything. Yes. Yeah. So what, when you're, when we talk about listening to our intuition, I, I mean, it's very, very seldom of an actual voice that you hear. Although sometimes I think we do hear like those one off, but what is it on a normal everyday kind of, what does intuition sound like to you? How do you know that you're communicating with it or that it's communicating to you? That's a really good question. I think it's just when you know something's right. And I think intuition is a big part of painting. It's like, it's decision making constantly, like what what's your next step and your next step. But it's like letting that silent part of your mind be calm, the part of your mind have space. And it's it's just the a feeling of rightness, mm. I would say, is intuition to me. Like you just know it's the right answer. Usually I can tell if something's right or wrong you know, if it's the right path or 
if I shouldn't, if I should or shouldn't do something. And then I find too with my painting, when my mind stops being calm and I start thinking about all the things that I need to do during the day, then it's time just to put my brush down because it's all, it'll all go south from there. It's just when I'm in that space, I have to enjoy it and, and take it all in. And then when I'm done and I realize I'm not paying attention, I just stop. So setting yourself up for the conditions, kind of putting yourself in the, I had another guest who talked about putting yourself in the crosshairs of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you're putting yourself there, you're showing up, you're paying attention, you're doing your best to silence all the... All the noise. All the noise. There's so much noise. And then knowing when to walk away and take a break. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's an amazing formula. You had written on your website about intention and intuition. What do you think the interplay is between intention and intuition? Because I feel like with creativity, there's like, it's almost like it's this intelligence that has a goal. It's like, I'm going to make this painting through Kim today. And here's what I want it to look like. And I need her hands to do it. I, I'm this, you know, bodiless thing. And, but this is what I want to do. And I'm going to whisper to her all these different ways through intuition and all these yeses and no. It feels to me like it has a, it wants something from us. It wants to write the poem through us. It wants to write the book through us or make the painting through us. What is our role and how does intention come into that? Because intention feels like on our side of things. I think the intention part to me is like when I'm making a brush stroke, like I want to be intentional with putting it down and then not messing it up. Like just make, be intentional in a stroke and then stop. That's what I'm teaching myself to do instead of going in and really working into something because then I think it, that it gets muddy. Well, it gets visually muddy and mentally muddy both at the same time. So it's kind of trusting your intuition and then being intentional with whatever's coming through that you are supposed to do. Mm, yeah, I like that because I, I, it's not that I struggle with it. That's too strong of a word, but I'm just very curious. I guess that's a better way of saying it. I'm curious about the relationship between intuition, that kind of knowing, here's where to do the brushstroke, mm -hmm. and then intention, because I'm going to be doing that, like, who's doing what? Like, who are, Yeah, where's right? that coming from? And then the trust, the trust part of it, I think, is even bigger than all of it. Because it, where is it coming from in your mind, to your, in your experience, where does it seem to be coming from? I just can feel it. I don't know. It's like yeah. one of those things I can't quite put my finger on, but it's just how I feel when I'm painting and I... And, but I had to learn to trust the process. Right. Does it come and go for you still? Like, are there, I think a lot of people when they're first getting into their creative path, there's this, it seems like as you're getting used to this new way of being and trusting and letting go and allowing, there, it's almost like a tide, like, oh, I'm, I'm really in that right now. And then it seems to disappear. Yeah, well, like I'm always in the tide the in the mornings and the afternoons when I'm tired, it goes away. Like I can't okay. even, that's when I do like the rope things like gessoing panels or cleaning up my studio, cleaning my paintbrushes. Because in the morning when my mind's fresh, it all comes easily, but I can tell when I get tired. It's funny how tired I get. Like if I'm working on a large painting, as I'm going at some point I get tired, like I get really tired. And you would think, how tiring can painting possibly be? I'm just painting. It's something I enjoy, but it's, it's it can be exhausting because you're really making a decision with every brush stroke. I find listening, I mean, that's, it's an act of listening. Mm -hmm. And when you're actively, if you're in a conversation with somebody and you're really leaning in and you're really listening, that's a very active thing. And I feel like painting is the same. It, if it, you're really leaning in and you're it, listening, I mean, it makes sense. Have there been times for you or are there times for you when that uh, tide goes out kind of for a period of your life? So it's not just on a day. It's like, or is it pretty consistent now for you? Consistent. You know how to cultivate and, it. And if the tide would go out, I just shift what I do. Like then I'll just get out acrylics and work on abstracts or I'll just do something that has no, I don't need to care about what it looks like in the end. It's not for anything, but for me. So that's what I do when I would find myself. I think that helps you work through that. So all of a sudden, you don't get that thought in the back of your mind, like, oh, I'll never be able to paint again. Right. There is a panic that can set yeah, in. Yeah, you have to work through that too. Help. Yeah. So just like the other stuff, you just have to find those little mechanisms that help you get through it. So I'm just thinking for somebody who's not in a position to maybe go to art school, but who has this strong desire to do this, mm -hmm. what would you suggest might be a good 
place to start to learn some of the formula? Because you do, it seems like you do need to have some of the formula down about composition and light and all that stuff. Well, and now everything's available on the internet. I love to learn. Like if I, and that's another thing I do, like if I get in a point where I don't feel like painting anymore, I'll go online and watch other people paint. I enjoy that too. I love anyone doing anything creative like that. I think the core things really are being able to draw enough, like practicing that kind of stuff, having a sketchbook and just using your sketchbook and playing in it. Like that's how I would start and going online and learning. Yeah, every and day. doing it every day. Yeah. Because if you love it, you know, why not? Yeah. You do a lot of birds and flowers. And I was wondering if you'd noticed any sort of metaphors or patterns or themes or lessons. Or you were saying a minute ago that you kind of, there's like a, your art is almost a mirror for your life. Are there things that come out in these themes that have been like, aha, epiphany about life for you? I'm sure there are. I don't know if I can think of anything right now, but it is, it's, I, I want my paintings for the viewer to feel happy when they see my paintings. And I just did an art show last weekend and so many people said, your paintings just make me feel happy. And it's like, that is my goal. It makes me happy and I want to spread that. I mean, it sounds like, oh yeah, whatever. You want to make people happy, but that is, it's, it's important. It's something that I think we're missing sometimes. I actually think that creativity, one of the things it wants to write the poem for us, to make the beautiful page. It isn't just for that. The end that it wants is that it wants to do that for you, so that we're doing that for each other. For each like other. I think it's it wants to. For the viewer. Yes. Yeah. And I love yeah. like knowing the people that buy my paintings because they're like my little babies and I love knowing where they land. It's like little bits of my heart being spread all over the place. As silly as that Is there sound. a particular, that's not, I. it's not silly at all. I think it's beautiful. I think that's capital P purpose. Is there a piece that you can think of in all the work that you've created up to now that really stands out for you that you love more than or in a different way or that just had something about it that was special? Um, yeah, there's a, a lot, but one that is kind of interesting. I have one in my living room and it's it's a pig and I would say it's a little bit Andrew Wyeth-ish. It's not really the style that I paint in right now, but it's the first time I did a larger painting and I thought, I can do this. And so it was like my reinforcement that, yes, I think I'm going to try to do this as my next career for my third third of life. And and I will ever part with that one because it's like that illustration of that I think I can do this. I wanted to ask you that question too about uh, ex- exploring new terrain or the, the balance between mastering what you're doing because there is a certain amount of, like, as I always want to do everything. I want to weave and I want to abstract and I want to do watercolors and I want to, and I never really master anything because I'm just kind of all over the place with stuff. Now I'm starting a podcast. Now I'm, doing, you know, all these things. So there is, a, there is a, and I see the value in focusing and dedicating yourself to something. But then there's also this beautiful, you know, the role of experimenting and trying new things is important. So what is that like for you? And you're, how, how often do you make time for experimenting with new things and exploring new things? I have a membership group. Sometimes like today I did an oil painting demonstration, but I almost use it as my excuse to play. So anything that, that I feel like doing, like they're all in. So sometimes I might be doing watercolors or acrylics or like I did Pysenki egg painting one time as a demo. I've done, um, I don't, I can't even think of them all, but like when, and you're learning with people as you go. Yeah, and I'll say to them, I've never done this before, but here we go. Let's do this. Oh, I love that. That's so it's so, so fun. And actually, I just signed up for a, a crochet class too. Like I, I'm a little bit like, like I love all the things and I want to do all the things, but I kind of think of my pie. My big piece of my pie is the oil painting. And then mm-hmm. I also do teaching and I do outdoor art shows and I have things in galleries, but I have a piece of my pie that's just for the fun stuff too. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take this opportunity to tell us a little bit about your membership? My membership is called Inspiring Art and um, it's $29 a month and I make content twice a month and it could be anything creative. A lot of it is oil painting focused, but not everything. Um, cause I want to appeal to just being creative and having fun. 
So that's something that's always open. And then I also have Art and Bloom. I made an online oil painting course. It's six different floral oil paintings. And that's an evergreen course too that you can sign up for at any time. And then I I also do in-person classes and sometimes, and I have one coming up in France in just three. How fun is that? I'm going to go teach in France for nine days. That sounds like heaven. This episode of Creative Genius is brought to you by Morning Moon Nature Jewelry. Instantly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever owned, this extraordinary handcrafted heirloom jewelry is famous for its incredible detail of actual textures from nature. Get 15% off your first order and feel the wonder. Use coupon code CREATIVEGENIUS at lovemorningmoon.com. I think you kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask it again in case something else comes up. How do you balance the desire for creative freedom with the need for structure and discipline? So we're talking about how, you know, mastery and dedicating your time. Is there, is that, does that just another intuitive thing for you or or is there something you didn't do to intentionally create some balance there? You have to have that structure. Well, it does sound like fun to be able to just get up and paint all day, but that's not my life. Like I still have my business and I still have my kids and, you know, all the things that I'm doing. So the structure, I would say, is more time focused. Like I have these pieces of time to focus on these different things. That structure is good. I usually, when I paint large, I usually do it on the weekends when I don't have all that external stuff happening, when I can just come in my studio and not think about anything else. Like I find that calmer my mind is when I paint, the, the better things turn out. So I think, do you meditate or do you have a practice for calming your mind? Yes. I'm not really good at it. (laughs) I don't think anybody's really good at it. I don't know that I've ever really gotten into a real meditative state, but let's say I try most every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I love yoga. Yeah. It's one of the, with meditation and yoga, I always think, oh yeah, I got to do that. I got to weave that into my day. And and then, you know, you're, it just gets away from you. It gets away. Yeah. For sure. That that discipline piece again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be disciplined to have the the time to relax and and get out of that space. It's crazy, right? It, yeah, it is crazy. I told you a minute ago about why I started this show, which is that I feel like, and this is, I say it over and over again, it's, I, I really feel like humanity is glitching. Like that's the best way I can describe it. And I, I feel like we've been systematically taught all kinds of limiting beliefs about creativity what it really is, who has it in them, who has the right to let it out, what it has to look like, sound like, feel like, you know, where it has to go, what it's for. But mostly it seems to be impeded by these, these beliefs around worthiness for us, you know, and, and we don't trust it. We don't trust ourselves and we don't trust it. Have you seen that in your own life? Does that, when I say those things to you, does that, how does that land for you? Do you feel like that's true? Yes, yeah, so you do. You do have to trust it. I don't think I have trouble with that, but I'm always trying to inspire it in everyone else. So I love thinking about it that way. I think, and it's like building that habit. The more you do it, like I can't not do it. I couldn't not get up and and be a creative person. Like like and and like they say too, it's it's how you live. You don't have to be an artist or a musician or anything else. You just need to live with art and your heart, like everyone's artistic, whether it's in how they build their relationships or how they take care of their homes or how they cook their dinners or how they mow the grass. It's just, it's in everyone. As much as you want it to be, you just have to call on that part of yourself and enjoy it. And when you're working with students over the years, what what do you think is the biggest block that you see either I mean, I think sometimes our blocks are self-imposed. Always. But what no, do you I think? They're <laughs> self-imposed. It's that confidence. And it's that thing too, where you want something to look like something. Like you have it in your head and you can't make it look like that because you didn't go through the process to get there yet. You have to do all the work to get to the point where, where it happens that way. It, that work is the fun. You have to just... Get up and have fun with it and just know each thing you do, you're learning, you're getting better. Just like, you know, you don't, no one expects to sit down at a piano and just know how to play it or to take up a new language and just know how to speak. But 
people think that they should be able to pick up a paintbrush or a pencil and do something right away. And, and why is that? Why is it different? I'm not sure. But do you ever find that? I find that people sometimes yeah, for sure. can't get through that process. And the process of learning is fun. And I feel like I'm at 10% of my abilities. Like I've got so much learning to do. Like I'm just That's so exciting. Learning. Yeah. And I don't want to be finished yeah. learning. It's so fun. Yeah. What would you, I think that would be game over Bummer. when yeah. you're done learning. That's, yeah, there's nothing left. Yeah. I remember that. It's funny you're talking about crochet. I, for about 15 years, really wanted to crochet this blanket that, I don't know if you know Pearl Soho, but Pearl Soho had this gorgeous sure pattern for this, for this crochet blanket. I think it was called Bear's Rainbow Blanket. I have nothing to do with Pearl Soho. I'm not making any money off of it. It just, it was a beautiful pattern. But I didn't know how to crochet it. I, I had mastered knitting and I can knit just about anything. But crochet, for whatever reason, it bent my brain sideways and I could never figure it out. But I really wanted to make this blanket and I kept coming back. Every couple of years, I'd go and buy the crochet hook, and buy another, you know, ball of wool and, and fail. Get to the point where I, you know, get frustrated and I would just get rid of it. And I remember the day where I had this like a light bulb moment where I realized, oh, I'm learning this. This is supposed to be hard. I don't know this. Yes. There is a moment in a timeline somewhere where I do know this. (laughs) And the space between me and that moment is is uncomfortable and And it's frustrating. Relax into it, even though it's uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Would you say that's the biggest obstacle we put between us and free expression? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The perception of you thinking that it should look a certain way. I think that's why I enjoy letting my paintings be so messy in the middle is because that gets rid of my perception of it looking a certain way. More and more, I want to be able to paint that my painting takes me on the journey instead of me taking my painting on the journey. And I'm working towards that. I'm not there yet. I've watched a bunch of your reels Mm -hmm. and you, you take us on a journey when you paint them for us. Yeah. But, and I'm, I wanted to ask you what that feeling is like. From, from there's nothing there to there's some color there to now there's a big mess there to then here she is. Like, what is that feeling like when you meet this new painting for the first time? When you have the, when you have the knowing it's done. Yeah. It, what does that I, feel I was, like? For it's you? like a magical feeling because it just sort of happens. Like I just dive into that space and watch its journey and stay confident through to the end. And then all of a sudden, there you go. I'm done. When I think about you getting up in the morning and making your coffee and going to your studio, and that's you're carving out time intentionally for this. And I know it's very easy to believe the idea that we have in our head. Oh, I'm too busy. I have little kids. I have a job. Life's too hectic. I don't have time. But it is really about making a decision and saying, I'm going to honor this by spending 10, 15 minutes or whatever a day. Like it really is just a decision, right? It's a decision. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can't do all the things. Like I honestly have to say, I maybe don't clean as much as I should, make dinner as often as I should. I try, try to do all the things. I don't meditate as much as I should, but you can't do all the things. But I think each piece of life you have different times to do different things. Like if your children are young and busy, like I couldn't, I couldn't fit it in then. But then when Isabel was like 10 years old and a little more independent and, you know, she could, you know, come, come into my studio with me while I was painting and get ready for school, then I could fit it in. So you kind of also have to wait till there's peace. Like we're all so busy. It's just absolutely yeah. crazy. I think back to you know, like my grandmother's generation. And I think she just, it seemed to me like she never did anything besides made dinner. Our lives are so different. We're trying to do a million things in a day. And I can never even put my to-do list on one piece of paper for a day. Me neither. It's a huge book of, yeah, mm-hmm. and never ending. And, well, now we have so much more coming at us. Yeah. Like there's social media and there's computers and there's emails and there's there's just so much more coming at us. And I was having dinner with a good friend of mine last night and we were talking, this is very meta, but we were talking about how, and I'm not a physicist, nor do I know anything about physics, but she, she was saying, and we were talking about how time is actually speeding up. 
feels like it isn't just it isn't just a perception there is actually something that's going on in the universe where time is speeding up and so it isn't just that we're getting older and it feels like it's going faster really because like even yeah yeah even totally feels even like kids are noticing it I always think it's just because yeah. I'm never bored anymore when I was young and I'd have times when I'd feel bored I always felt like time went slow and it now goes like a day goes by in two minutes I know well and she was saying that her I think her son is 12 he noticed that too. Like the kids are even noticing that. Like it isn't just a, we're getting older and it's going faster and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we have to be really intentional about how we, how we spend our how time. We spend our time and to get to do some things you love during the day. It may only be for 10 minutes or an hour, but carve that little bit of time out and enjoy it. How did you go from, I mean, it doesn't sound like you, you didn't have a degree in teaching. How did you become, how did you teach yourself how to become a teacher? Uh- I think I'm still learning that in all honesty. I decided to try to do a um, a workshop. It was my first one and it was before COVID. So it would have been five years ago, maybe. And I just asked if I could use a friend's barn. And I had, I think, 12 students. I'd never done it before. A friend of mine had given me some pointers or whatever. And the night before I was going to teach, my husband said, do you have a lesson plan? And I was like, I didn't think of that. So I gave a little bit of thought and I taught the workshop and it went great. Everybody loved it. I loved seeing like how much they grew and how much they learned. I thought about how to break down what I do into chunks. And then I teach, I just do part of the painting and then I let them do it. And then I do the next stage and the next stage. And each time I learn something new about things that, because the more and more you paint, the less you think about how you paint. Is there is there a noticeable difference between somebody's energy when they come in for a class, an in-person class, and when they leave? I, yes, the, definitely. Because yeah. I don't know if it's so much teaching, like like you'll learn in high school. It's more just like giving people the space and freedom to express and just giving them pointers and helping them grow more so than me doing something. It's more about giving them space to to learn. Is there a consistent thing that they that a student seems to go through in a class or like over when you look at all your all the students that you have is there kind of one thing that they all have in common that they've kind of gone through or but that isn't just about art or learning how to do the art like is there kind of an internal shift that you've noticed happens a lot through learning together that way as I do my painting and they all do theirs they're all beautiful and they're all so different it's like because we're all so different it's like you don't want your painting to look like my painting you want to take what I'm teaching you and make your own painting. And that's how they turn out. And then they're also supportive of each other too. And their styles can be completely different. And that's, I just love that part of it because it won't look like mine because they're making different decisions and they're, they're, yeah, they're not you. Oh, we've covered so much ground. So amazing. What's your day look like? What do you do in a day? Like, do you podcast? One of my early guests was a moon cycle coach named Beth Suter. And she taught me there are certain times of the month where it's better to do certain activities. Like sometimes the month they're more collaborative and you're kind of gaining energy as you're going towards the full moon. And then as you, as the moon is waning, you have less energy. So those are more like kind of clean up your studio or do your admin work kind of times. And I had been kind of all over the place at the time. I was just like, I would do interviews whenever they came in. And so now there's a week out of the month leading up to the full moon where I'll schedule interviews. And I find that there's so much more like I'm in a better place for collaborating. I'm feeling more, um, they're, they're juicier. They're just somehow juicier. Oh, I love that. I never um, heard that. Yeah. So yeah. Her, it's, her episode is uh, number 11. If you want to go back and listen to yes. that, it was a really, it was a great one. I will do that. Um, I won't listen to that tomorrow. Yeah. She's, and she's such a lovely human being. Um, so yeah, so it depends on the week. And I've got, I'm a single mom. I've got two little kids. They're eight and 11. And uh, I'm running my jewelry business. So it's like if an order comes in, then I'm sending out an order and I'm making lunch and I'm going to doctor's appointments and I'm recording the podcast <laughs> and I'm trying to get it all out there. And it's kind of all over the place. Well, me too. Yeah. And I'm better off having yeah. things a little bit all over the place. Well, I think that's a really good metaphor. I remember in grade, I went to an arts school. So do you remember Fame? The, sure. Yeah, I went to a school that was like that. And, but my program was visual arts. I was so lucky. And so homeroom was like nude life drawing when I was oh in grade nine. Oh my gosh, isn't that amazing. fun? It was really cool. And my teacher, my, my life drawing teacher, actually, it was the first time that anyone had sort of said that about 
when you're working on something to not focus on one part of it. Like if you're, if you've got a canvas. I bring it all. You're doing a painting. Yeah. You're doing a little bit here. You're working on the sky. You work on the ground. You work because otherwise it becomes like the energy that you did the foreground that day was different than the energy. And then it's all disjointed. And that has, I mean, that was in grade nine. That was so many years ago. And I, that lesson to me has been a metaphor for life period. Like, I feel like there's so much wisdom in that. Not, yes, you have to focus and you have to show up and you have to pay attention, but you also have to kind of be a little bit loose about, you know, when you do things and the the whole rises up that way. You know, if you're trying to launch your art career, you can't just focus on your Instagram for a year straight and grow. Right. Right? You just do a little bit of the time. The concept of batching is wonderful, but I'm not good at it. Yeah. I'd say like, I feel like I dance around my painting. I yeah. It's kind of like a journey of the whole thing coming up. And that's when it's exciting when it comes together like that. Yeah. Did you, that was the question I was going to ask you is, can you think of a, a breakthrough that you had? And it could be technically or intuitively or with the way that you perceived approaching your work. Was there a big breakthrough that you had that kind of led you to be more of where you are now? Because it's more, it, this is like a job for you. Like you're, you're, and you're, you, know, you said you're not doing this full, full time, but this is what you're doing now in this, you know, and it's happening and you're teaching in France and you're, so was there something specific that happened that kind of helped you level up or that indicated to you that you had leveled up? I'm, I'm not a good decision maker in my life either. I just kind of let things happen and I go with the flow. It's that trusting intuition thing, I guess. I don't like begin and end anything. I just gently shift. And I don't know that anything specific happened as much as I just keep focusing my energy. You know, whatever you focus on grows. So that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's true. That is true. I had, I was realizing the other day, oh, I haven't sold a painting in a really long time. And then I said to myself, well, have I, have I, have I posted a painting online? Have I, Mm-hmm. Is there a gallery that's showing my work right now? Like, what am I actually doing to make that happen? And I realized, oh, well, these things can't happen unless we're yeah. nurturing them and fostering them. Nurturing. So it is important where you focus your attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're kind of getting close to the end here, but I wanted to ask you, what do you love the most about your job, about the work that you're doing right now? I love color. I think that's what I love mm-hmm. the most. I just love the lusciousness. I love when I'm painting the transparent colors shining through and and how colors look next to each other. Like even when I have a finished painting and it's hanging in my booth or in a gallery and I look at it and there's like, like sometimes there's like a little piece of it that someone might never even notice, but it's something that I'm like, that's little, that's the magic spot right there. You have a very special relationship with color, which is really, I mean, I own a piece of your work. And so I can say this in firsthand. You're there's something happening through your hands with color. How did that happen? How does that, how, what is that magic? I think it's that same journey. I keep pushing the envelope of color. Um, for a while, things were too colorful. And then I had to learn about, I was playing around with neutrals and working with the neutrals against the bright colors and finding ways to let the really vibrant things sing like, it's just something I'm always working on and thinking about and noticing in real life. Too. Your work is so beautiful and I'm so glad that I own a piece. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you the billboard question. Oh, and I want to tell you, I, before the beginning of every show, I, I do a little blessing for, the, for our conversation. So I, I sort of put it out there, maybe to creativity itself. And I say, let us say the things that need to be said so that what needs to be heard can be heard and that people can really benefit from this conversation. And I feel... Like that happened today. So thank you for collaborating with me on that. And the word that I pulled from my little angel card deck for us was willingness. And I just feel like that's, again, I used to be surprised at how appropriate the words were, but I'm not anymore. Like they're just, they're magical. And I feel like that is so much of what you're teaching us is the willingness to be in the mess, willingness to go through the difficult Mm -hmm. time, willingness to keep showing up and paying attention and putting yourself in your studio, even when you don't feel like going there and knowing willingness to walk away even when it's not happening anymore and take a break. And like, it's just been woven through. So thank yes. you for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the billboard question is, if you had a billboard that every person in the world who longed to express creativity more freely, but for whatever reason, 
and for some of the reasons we've talked about today, feel like they're not good enough or that it's not in them. But reading your words would really land in their heart and shift something for them or plant a seed that might blossom into something for them. What would you put on your billboard? I have it already. My billboard would say, chase your muse with all of your heart. Mm, I love that. Very nice. It's beautiful. Thank you for coming today. You, Kate. This was really fun. It was wonderful meeting you. You too. What a wonderful conversation that was. In reflecting back over this conversation, the Japanese concept of wabi-sabi came up for me quite a few times. I promised you at the beginning of the show that I would give you an activity that would help you begin to feel a little bit more comfortable in the uncertain messiness of creativity. So I want you to do one little sketch a day in your notebook or in your journal or in your sketchbook, taking cues from nature, whatever that means to you. You can look out a window if you can't get outside. You can get outside for a huge, big four-hour-long hike if that's what you want to do. But can you do one little sketch a day taking your cues from nature and really letting go of this idea of trying to make something perfect? Look how nature does things. I'm always amazed when I walk through the forest, there's a little creek that runs through the woods near my home. And it's absolutely random. The rocks are scattered all over the place. The ferns are growing at weird intervals. The moss grows on it. Like, it's chaos. It's madness. There's nothing organized about a forest, really. I mean, there is. But really, when you just look at it, it is chaotic. But there's something perfectly perfect about that chaos. Can you open yourself up to imperfection in your own creativity? And can you use nature as a way in? Whatever that means to you, can you use nature? Take your cues from nature, really collaborate with nature, have some fun being inspired by looking to nature for some cues. How do you do it? How do you do it, tree? How do you do it, leaves? And ask yourself, are, are you willing to be a little bit more open to that imperfection? And it's really safe. This is a really safe, small little, stakes are really low, right? This is, we're talking about something in your sketchbook and your journal. But I think you'll find that with this practice, it starts to spill out over into other areas of your life. So have a go at that and let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear from you. If you do this exercise, let me know. And know that you are perfectly imperfect and creativity is perfectly imperfect. And everything is exactly as it should be. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. I pick a random person from my email list once every month and send them an original piece of my artwork. It's one of my favorite things to do. It takes a lot to put together this show. Please consider supporting me to do it. You can visit patreon.com slash Podcast to find out more. And please keep my jewelry or paintings, and especially gratitude birds, which keep selling out, in mind next time you're looking for a treat for yourself or for a loved one. You can find everything I've mentioned on katesheppardcreative.com. Thank you for being here, for opening your heart, and for listening. My wish and intention for this show is that it reach into your heart and stir the beautiful thing that lives in there. May you find and unleash your creative genius.